two heels in a face. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of T Who's in a Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we have come full circle. The buffet bracket is coming to a close. We're here to recap it. We have our certified bracketologist on the line. And also then um, you're going to hear an interview with Matt Bacalling of Zello Pro Wrestling. He steps into the Zello Zone with the belated birthday boy GPA. So you're going to hear that interview as well, which also can also be found on Zella Pro's YouTube channel, which you should go subscribe to. But first, I'd like to introduce a certified bracketologist, Hank312. Uh, you also know him if you listen to Busted Open Radio. Hank, how's it going? How's the quarantine <laughs> treating you? Oh, man, I can't complain. But a lot of Busted Open to listen to. Uh, they, they, do you know what? Shout out to them. Obviously, just we laugh about I like listening to Busted Open, but... They never stopped producing live material. Uh, they figured it out. They did it. So, you know, they got Busted Open going. I've been here and there doing shows with Noel on uh, Wrestling Talk and Randomness. You can check us out on Facebook. See, I got my plugs in. I can't be yelled at. Yeah, plugs in early. Yeah, but I'm, I'm doing good, man. I, I Honestly, I can't complain. My family's healthy. I'm healthy. I, I just miss wrestling. If, if that's my biggest complaint, I'm okay. Definitely. And how are you guys doing? You guys are good. Well, we, we kind of chit chatted before, right? So I, I know you guys are all doing well. So yeah, I didn't introduce Chris. Chris, uh, how's it going? I'm here. I'm doing well. It's it's a little little sad, bro. The bracket this year is over, and I don't think we got to see each other at any point during the whole bracket process in person. No, not in person. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of collaborating going on over 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 <laughs> Zooms and Uber conferences and and. And all types of different gadgets, but um, I think it was successful. I feel like we had a lot of shares. Um, you know, it was a it was a unique idea, and we had a, there was there was even some debates going on. So I think I think in terms of fan interaction, I think it was like very successful. Forza athletes, the best gear makers in Chicago, the best. They got a ton of new followers. A lot of that, like we mentioned, was probably Kylie sharing their things. But hey, we'll take like 1% credit for that as well. And we're just happy that we're able to spread the love and, and show all this awesome gear that's been made. So I, I it, was, it was a little a little sad, maybe a little tainted because we couldn't we couldn't hang out and talk face to face over it. But I think it was still successful. For sure. And make sure you follow Forza Athletes on Instagram at Forza Athletes. So, yeah. guys, do you want to go right into the results the final for this bracket was macho man randy savage versus chicago's very own kylie ray it's so crazy to me man be, be, <laughs> yeah before we go even you know charlie gives us the the final result here i tuned in for i believe it was the latest uh wrestling talk and randomness uh show with hank and noel incidental the nerd. social distancing version yes, yes sir which is it's pretty I'm pretty fun no has hank uh on his iPad, but it looks like it's Hank sitting in his usual chair. It's just a floating head, you know? No yep. puts the shirt on me, and, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm at the comfort of my own home. I don't got to drive to his house, so I've taken up drinking. 
not like an alcoholic, but you know, like, hey, you know what? Who doesn't hey, word. like? Uh, Cheers. You know <laughs> he said, "Oh, I forgot." But uh, but yeah, we uh, we definitely covered uh, the bracket. Uh, I-, I believe talk about the finals, right? And yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. That you know, Hank was <laughs> was calling the Chicago folks out. Like, really, Kyler Ray over Rey Mysterio? Listen, man. I mean, <laughs> dude, you know we love Kylie Ray, right? Love Kylie. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. She's my favorite wrestler, and it's not even close. But I mean, I think people were sipping from the freelance Kylie Ray fountain a little too much there. No disrespect, but I mean, Ray yeah. Mysterio, guys. And, and it's 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 a gear. It's based on the wrestler gear. Not you know, we're not talking skills in the ring. Other you know aspects of oh, the wrestler itself. Abso- absolutely. In ring yeah, gear. Absolutely. And I mean and. Oh. <laughs> he's, Hank, is so, Hank is so mad. I think he he threw his phone. It sounds like. Oh, we can't hear you, Hank. Hank, we can't hear you. We can hear you so faintly. Oh, okay. Now I'm back. You know what? Yes. I'm slamming my he phone so on the ground because my bracketology title is on the line, and all these goddamn homers over here, right? Like, come on, guys. Like. What is this? Heaven's Gate? Anyone remember that? <laughs> you guys drinking the Kool Aid? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm half joking, but I'm happy that Kylie won. I severely underestimated our audience, um, you know, of of the reach of the poll. So I mean, lesson learned. I I, I don't feel like I did too great this year, but now, uh, you know, we we come back and strategize for next year. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, I think we can put not, an asterisk next to this year, you know, just blame it on coronavirus, I guess, for bad predictions. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like a lockout season. Yeah. So let's not forget about the other side of the bracket, right? I was surprised that Alexa Bliss was in the mix. We had oh, Macho man. man Randy Savage versus Alexa Bliss. <laughs> I think Hank was also pretty furious about that one. Don't throw your phone this time, Hank. No, I, I got so animated. I. <laughs> I had Noel and D-Ray break it down to me about Alexa's gear, and I still don't get it. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. She's done, like, the Disney themes with her makeup and her hair and her gear. But please, please correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it all mostly always the same? Like, I, I don't know if she can get too adventurous with what she wears. But I don't know. It, I just... Bleh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think for me, a lot of it looks the same because of the color scheme seems to be like mostly yeah. similar. So if there is, you know, differences, I'm I just I, I'm not observant to them because it all with with like a Kylie and a Macho Man. I mean, they have so many they they can go they they can go the entire color spectrum in two different nights. So right, yeah, the unpredictability of 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 our audience, right? Because if we take it back a notch to the Elite Eight, we had Mustafa Ali against Alexa Bliss. And right. you would think that Mustafa Ali, the Chicago guy, the guy that came up with the light gear, um, with all that innovative stuff, he went down against Alexa Bliss. So Imagine. to me, that was it was a shocker all along. Yeah, the, I, I would say this, uh, my bracket was busted 
from the get-go and then afterwards it just it didn't stop spiraling it was like <laughs> a hardcore episode of jersey shore that i couldn't stop like i had to look at it <laughs> like, is this really happening like what's happening to snooki why is she crying is she drunk or is she crying that's how i felt about the bracket and <laughs> I do not have one. I did not have one of my predictions make it to the final four. So if we were doing an actual bracket pool, it would be like me all the way at the bottom. Well, we know who's buying drinks, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely. Yes, the uh, my card should definitely be handed to the to the to the bartender once once <laughs> once we are all able to get, to get together. Can't wait. I think uh, you know my my bracket was busted. Since we put Adrian Street on the bracket, <laughs> <laughs> justice uh, for Adrian. <laughs> we're, we're broadening so many wrestling horizons, man. I mean, pe- right. so many people have now learned about Adrian Street. I bet you his Google mentions have increased. Like, <laughs> right? He probably received like a seven cent royalty check last month, and he was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One person bought a shirt because of this bracket, and he, and he got a he got a yeah seven cents in the mail. Hey, seven cents to seven cents. That's true. All right, are we ready to um, to know the winner, Charlie? I'm ready if you're ready. All right, drum roll. I'm ready. The winner of the 2020 Best Wrestling Gear Buffet Bracket presented by Two Years in a Face and Forza Athletes is Smiley Kylie Ray. She made the Macho Man tap out to the the charity case and, you know. Listen, her gear, I believe, is done by Forza Athletes. You can follow them on Instagram at Forza Athletes. It's only fitting. It's only fitting. Collusion. (laughs) <laughs> I, it all makes sense now. I never stood a chance. No, kidding. Uh, no, you're you're right. You're right. I, I started to uh, interrupt you there, but yeah, Forza Athletes does awesome work, and obviously Kylie is deserved. Once it's I saw Kylie, the right? finals of of Kylie and Macho, I, I I went full in. I said, "Screw it, let's go." I voted Kylie myself. Like obviously not my official bracket, but when I saw everything break down, I was like, well, here we go. If you can't beat them, join them. Absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> If anyone knows anything about me, is I'm a joiner. What? (laughs) (laughs) It was a success. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. We got a lot of different people involved. I mean, there's a lot of different names on the bracket and, and, you know, there's an entire buffet of gear to choose from and, and everyone chose the, uh, the smiley gear that we're going to be seeing a lot on impact. She's doing some cool stuff there and, uh, that's still going on. So yeah, so you, you can still watch her when when she does wrestle for Impact. So I guess that's mm-hmm. a positive, right? You can watch some real cool stuff. Um, I don't know if you follow the vlog. Ethan oh, Page yeah. is putting on, you know, you know, different things. Like he he's going back into his time machine and pulling matches from when his first trip in Japan, etc. This week he wanted to focus on the Kylie Ray feud. There were three total matches. From the moment that Kylie loses the belt to the moment she regains it on a on a two out of three false match at Freelance, those packages that he put together, they were awesome. And then to top it off, so at good. the end of that episode, there's like discussion with Kylie Ray and Matt Nix to get the promoter's perspective and Kylie's perspective about those matches. So definitely yeah, I, go I, check out the vlog yeah. for that episode. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's Ethan Page on YouTube. Uh, I mean, it, and what's the show called? No fake name, no gimmicks. Fake mm-hmm. like name, no gimmicks. Yeah, but I I watched it this week also. Uh, I thought it was incredible, man. It took me back to those matches and just how great they were. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly like I could uh, I could remember watching like how I felt at the shows. Like, uh, I, I commented on the video or on Twitter. Like when Ethan gave Kylie that uh, big boy bomb for the first time. Oh man, Ooh. I was I was like worried for her. I was like, holy crap. Uh, so it was super cool. And then when Two Juice reversed the decision, I knew it. I, I saw that coming. I, I got like, angry all over again. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. They got us good. And then obviously the, the was it the thrill of victory at, mm-hmm. uh, at the end? So really yeah. cool, man. Uh, shout out to Ethan Page, uh, played by Julian, uh, for keeping, keeping us entertained during all of this because he's doing some really fun, cool stuff on his uh, YouTube page also. Sorry, and if you want to be entertained, there. I mean, there's wrestling is up a fast. We know it. And there are many ways you can be entertained. Uh, last week, we got a chance to do a hot tag episode with the backstage boys from mm-hmm. AAW uh, in which we went back and we talked about four, four great matches. I mean, there's more matches that, you know, you can reference and say that what they're, you know, one of the best of AAW, but we got a chance to talk about four, one of them being Phoenix versus hero. And uh, another one was DJZ versus drew, uh, drew Galloway. Galloway. McIntyre. Yep. Galloway. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. So that was super fun. Um, you can always go to aawondemand.com, use promo code two heels and get 30 days for free. Number two heels and enjoy some of those matches moving on through this uh buffet line there is also cool things that freelance is doing on instagram sterling richards is jumping on the freelance uh live uh, instagram live and he's had interviews with space monkey and laney luck they'll be announcing soon what other ones are coming up but you can i don't know if they're gonna get uploaded anywhere but i know they live on their instagram story for 24 hours yeah that's a lot of that's that's a lot of cool stuff as well uh just you know stuff to keep us entertained everyone's trying to be creative and yeah like the promo code two heels for AEW on demand you can watch kylie's entire AEW women's championship run i know she had a really awesome match against scarlet bordeaux i remember where scarlet surprised the hell out of me with her work rate so you can you can see phenomenal match then (laughs) yeah yeah, she she she, she shut me up because I thought that she couldn't work, and she shut me up with that match. Um, I I hundred percent agree. She made me a believer then. Yep, and now she's doing cool things in NXT. But yeah, to, yeah, to Chris's point that the the stuff that, uh, I know it's not new stuff, but you can you can it's there's stuff you haven't seen, and there's stuff that could bring up like Chris said he got angry all over again. There's stuff that could bring up those old feelings <laughs> out there. Um, we want we want to make sure that everyone is informed on kind of what they're missing. What's funny is leave it to leave it to us to air an episode uh interview episode with GPA only for it to be cucked by Kylie all the Kylie love at the beginning <laughs> of, of the episode. <laughs> they they go together like peanut butter and jelly. That'll always be fun. <laughs> Definitely. Up next we're going to have uh GPA and Mabba calling from Cello Pro Wrestling. Cello Pro Wrestling's been doing the in the zone interviews with their talent and uh we're partnering up with them and including those interviews at the end of our episodes. So you'll definitely hear more from GPA and 
obviously this interview took place a couple I want to say a couple of weeks ago. So it was not his birthday, but his birthday was yesterday. And I know there were a bunch of funny memes out there. Um, I I actually cropped out. Someone delivering a super Kylie? kick. Giving him a super, yeah, it, it, it was Kylie not Kylie. No, what? I was looking hard for a picture of that, but I couldn't find Kylie. It was um, Eric Cannon. Oh, okay. It was Eric Cannon giving him a, giving him a super kick. But I know, I can't remember the name of this. I'm going to look it up real quick. This uh, the, the Kylie super fan, she's always giving GPA, you know, a bunch of crap over Twitter. She made this hilarious oh, video. Uh, Ayana? Ayana, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Ayana. She, she goes to the shows with her dad. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's hilarious how she just trolls him. I, yep, I, yep. I find it, it makes me laugh. Well, yeah, I haven't seen the video. What What is it of? The one she posted and like sent for him, it was just a birthday, like um, like a mixtape, quote unquote, of him just getting beat up and with a soundtrack. And I, I believe like the lyrics were just over and over like, you're a hoe. I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it goes hard. <laughs> what a happy birthday, GPA. Absolutely. Like, Thanks for being you. All right. I mean, I'm I'm down. I'm down to watch that. I'll I'll find it. Yeah, well, GPA co-tweeted it as well. But before, if there's anything else before we uh, jump onto the interview with GPA, what have you guys enjoyed this week, wrestling related or not? Ooh, I didn't know this question was on the agenda, but I kind of like it. Uh, let's go to no Hank first. <laughs> oh, like for me, uh, yeah, that's not a problem. And I, I'm still watching, uh, obviously, the wrestling. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get through. But, like, if, if I have to choose something wrestling-related, uh, I'll give you one wrestling and one real-life-related wrestling. I thought uh, Killer Cross and Scarlet's debut on NXT was phenomenal. Uh, they had an amazing entrance. Uh, I could only imagine with the live crowd that, like, it was literally, like, a super mega star entrance for him. and. It was insane. Really happy for him and Scarlett. Uh, I can't pretend and sit here and, like, I know Scarlett, right? We've seen her a lot. Mm-hmm. but never really interacted with her, but really cool to see her doing uh, stuff uh, on the quote-unquote the big stage. So I thought that was cool. I really enjoyed NXT. And then just life stuff. Um, I kind of like taking rides, man, and enjoying the city, an empty city. I, I get a kick out of driving down Michigan Avenue. Not a lot of people there seeing the lake not a lot of people there like i'm built for social distancing i've been avoiding people (laughs) (laughs) you were ahead of the the curve man yeah i like i want to go back to avoiding people on my own terms though you know what i'm saying like i want to go sit inside restaurants so but (laughs) that's my good it's all good man like i said at the beginning i can't complain wrestling's dope living in chicago's dope you guys are dope i'm just gonna keep saying dope that's dope you're dope those are my picks. I, I I think I think for me the uh I I've just seen I think it happened yesterday. There's just been so much footage of Sammy Guevara like getting kind of like half run over by that golf cart on on a on AEW, and it's like one of the nastiest. It's a nasty looking bump, um, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like a car wreck you can't look away from kind of bump. And then people have been like kind of turning it into memes and uh, and things like that. So I think that's that's been entertaining me this this week. At least within the past twenty four hours, and today the Bears' schedule was released. I don't know. Were you able to check that out, Hank? Uh, I have not checked it out. I did see that we get Tom Brady coming yes. in with the Bucks, right? And yeah, Thursday night football. The Packers Thursday night yeah. football, and then Week sixteen could be. A, I mean, could be a, a huge game versus the Packers. Yeah, I got excited all all over again. Um, I mean, hope I'm crossing my fingers for fanless games. 
And I don't know. I mean, I started just playing like, like there's a couple songs I associate with the bears. They're just like random, ra- random, like old rap song, old school rap songs that I, that I always hear like in the stadium. So I started just playing those on the Alexa today. I started getting pumped for the season, even though it's, it's, it's a, it's a few, a handful of months away. Um, awesome. and yeah, lots of noon, lots of noon games. We didn't have that many noon games, but there's really no, there's really no other feeling than waking up at like nine thirty ten on a Sunday, getting in some coffee and some breakfast, cracking a beer at noon, and just watching a Bears a Bears new game. So it's one of my favorite things to do in life. So I got I got excited for hopefully all of that to happen today, regardless if fans are in the stands or not. And uh, right. I don't know. I just I just want them to play. So. Sorry for season ticket holders or anyone like that, but mm. I want to. I definitely want to just wa- be able to watch football, and I think that'll be a very positive thing this fall if it can happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm uh, I'm excited for football. I'm excited for a, a little sense of normalcy, right? Hey, can I ask you a random uh, Bears question? I don't know if you've. Uh, yeah, can I get off topic for a second? It's, it's the Bears yeah. related. Yeah, yeah, shoot. So I don't know how uh, how much you keep your nose to the non wrestling dirt sheets, right? But I saw on Twitter that Jay Cutler, former Bears quarterback, and his <laughs> wife are getting divorced, right? Kristen Cavallari, I right? Guess she was a reality star. Uh, so apparently, the reason is for him being lazy. I mean, the guy played twelve years in the NFL, getting his ass kicked. Now right. he just wants to chill. I mean, thoughts. I saw a tweet. I I saw a tweet that said, and I agree with it. Like it's called retirement for a reason. Yeah, I don't know if if, honestly, if you're financially set because you've been make you spent twelve years making millions, um, and you got stuff saved, then yeah, like I think it's. I don't know. It seems to me twelve year twelve years of working more hours than a regular human being because, especially during the season. During the season, like. They are, they have to be like seven to seven or something like that. Like there, there is so much studying going on than uh, like prepping for the game. Um, yeah. Not even the physical toll. So yeah, I don't know. To me, it seems like, I know that if I was an athlete for 12 years and I was set on money, I would be chilling like a villain. So I can't blame him. Right. That, that's, that's, I thought it was, I thought about that when you talked about the bears and I was just like, he got whooped for whatever, whatever. Let him be in his ranch and play with his kids or whatever grumpy face jade does but yeah i sorry yeah guys. I, no it's <laughs> it's cool i i'm i'm mostly on team J. I don't know all the specifics and we got to be careful about what we read but i'm i'm mostly team J. Oh, yeah. uh, from what i've read so far oh no doubt no i, yeah. I i'm a color fan regardless best quarterback in my bears lifetime he's got a lot of records i mean that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down but he, the man statistically has been either first or second franchise quarterback ever like it's him and or Sid Luckman is probably your argument yeah I was gonna say maybe throwing a Jim McMahon just because of the team around him and and those circumstances but like you can't deny that he did a lot of good things he did there was a lot of bad right turnovers but a lot of good things as well right right yeah sorry that was a little bears talk yeah I'm always down for that I mean shit (laughs) I feel like I could have a whole segment on that or a whole podcast on that but can't start another podcast that's that's too much (laughs) Chris what was your good (laughs) this week oh good Th- thanks for bringing it back i had forgotten about that um <laughs> look at me guys if i'm the responsible one here we're in big trouble <laughs> uh let's see wrestling related i think uh one cool thing that i that i saw this week is that cole cabana is bringing like short 20 minute episodes on his podcast uh art of wrestling 
and they're sponsored by Blue Chew. And Blue Chew is actually paying oh, the talent nice. that he brings on board. So those t- independent wrestlers that he's bringing on board for those short interviews are getting some profit out of that. So I think that's pretty cool. It's a very innovative way nice. and a kind way of Cabana using his platform to get the you know the boys and girls you know a payday for for their interview. Cool. And I so I thought that was pretty very cool. cool. Uh, and they're, they're they're super easy to listen. They're 15, 20 minutes long at the most and personally i i've been uh so i have not watched i don't watch them live the espn bulls documentary oh the The last dance Dance. it's been amazing it's been amazing i i've watched uh, i i I usually watch them on tuesday nights um as i'm here in the back working i'll I'll have them on but i have not watched the 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 recent two that were released this sunday okay um so like that kind of like I look forward to to watching that on a weekly basis. They they definitely been so good. Hashtag have it on in the background. That's right. <laughs> oh man, That's I'm so jealous that you get to watch it for the first time again. I wish I could watch it for the first time again. <laughs> <laughs> the the opening with that that the little Laker boy that was some pretty touching stuff. Oh, dude, talk about tug on the heartstring. Right. Yeah, I mean, no spoiler alert, but right. I'm like, I just said I haven't watched this latest one. Right. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I can't believe they showed Jordan naked. What the hell? I didn't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, it was much larger than I expected. <laughs> well, now I got something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but all, all right, right, boys. Thank you for, uh, Hank, thanks for joining us on wrapping up the bracket for this year. No. The hey, no problem, man. Bracket. Thank you guys. Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, I- honestly, thank you guys for doing this again this year. Especially this year, because it gave us a, another little something to distract us from all the BS going on, right? That's true. Uh, so shout out, so shout out to you guys for uh, putting something fun and sticking with it, and uh, having me be a part of it. So thank you guys, uh, Charlie and Chris. I just want to say thank you on behalf of you know us regular folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you you you're always a delight. You always bring a spark to the podcast, Hank. So you know it's our pleasure, really. Awesome, awesome, man. All right, Hank. Well, where can people find you on social media? Uh, wrestling Talk and Randomness. Talk about wrestling. Yeah. All right. So you can find me at WTAR, the number four life, at uh, twitter.com, HTTP backslash. I'm kidding. Just Twitter. WTAR <laughs> for life. Uh, <laughs> and my personal account is Hank312 on Twitter. You know, you can follow me. We can talk. We can be friends. Uh, and look, look us up on Facebook, uh, please. That'd be cool. At Wrestling Talk and Randomness, we do live shows here and there. We drink, talk wrestling. Uh, you know, when we feel like it, we like to keep you guys on your toes. And, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, check out my partner, Incidental Nerd, on Twitter as well. So, you know, that's it, man. Wait, uh, Hank, you forgot your uh, TikTok and your OnlyFans. Oh my! Well, it's a Patreon, first of all, and <laughs> except nothing less than tier three. But real quick, before again, you did this, Charlie, not me. I've been I've been addicted to TikTok since this whole thing started because it's so entertaining. I kind of hate myself, but I don't even care. Yeah, that's one of the things yeah. where I'm scrolling through, and I just start begin to hate myself with every post. And I have like I have some of those song those songs stuck in my head right now. Oh, dude, I'll I'll listen. I'll, I'm in the car still, and I'll listen to a, a song, and I'm like, oh, that's a TikTok song, and then it kind of <laughs> die inside a little bit. <laughs> so that, that's really it, man. That's what I've been doing. 
go on TikTok. Shout out Yay. to first responders and all that stuff, you know, frontline work. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get some wrestling in soon. Hopefully, hopefully we can all hope that sometimes in the near future we get to experience some wrestling. And whenever there's live wrestling and fans are allowed, some shots will be involved for the three of us. Mm-hmm. We have to figure Excellent. out who's going to pay for what. But, hey, the Modellos are on me, guys. What a all right. I'll, br- I'll buy the shots. You bring the Modellos. Hank brings the talent. I'll bring the charm and charisma like I always goddamn do. He's going to come <laughs> in dancing into TikTok songs, so... Yep. Oh man, I'm gonna be TikTok famous. I'm gonna give Shazza McKenzie a run for her money. <laughs> <laughs> as far as we go, you can follow us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Two heels and a face. You can go to our website, twoheelsandaface.com, to see all the articles regarding the buffet bracket and how it concluded. Uh, and all of our past episodes can be found there as well. But you can subscribe, rate, and review. We're at Charlie iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play, random Android apps that only Chris uses, and I think that's it. And just enjoy wrestling. There's there's lots to to indulge. Go Now's back the time to catch YouTube, up. Catch up, and make sure you also subscribe to Zello Pro's YouTube channel so you can stay updated with all the interviews that they're pumping out as well. Make sure to hashtag beat up GPA, and let's jump into the interview with Matt McCalling and GPA on the Zello Zone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Zello Zone. Matt calling your host here as always. And with me today is the awesome, of course, GPA. Jeff, how are you doing, man? <laughs> Welcome to the Zello Zone. <laughs> doing, doing very well. Uh, it's a very interesting time in the world right now. It's quite the interesting time, uh, to say the least. Appreciate you taking the time to hang out and, and chat with me today. Uh, we got to see you a little bit a couple weeks ago when we were when we were chatting with Lainey, which was fun, and we said we had to get you on here ourselves, so here we are. Uh, so sim- similar question that I've been posing to, to everybody. How is quarantine treating you? What are you doing to, to stay sane and busy and kind of get through a day in the life? Yeah, I mean, it's every day is... is kind of the same at this point um there's not a lot of routine to our days it's, it's weird kind of wake it's up. weird yeah yeah you just basically wake up whenever um you know maybe work out maybe not right um, our our big exciting activities every day is usually just taking a walk around the neighborhood or or maybe driving out to another neighborhood and walking around that one so um yeah i mean it's it's there's really not much going on but at the same time uh, we're both uh, very healthy, and our families are healthy. So, like that's the most important thing. It's I'll, I'll take boredom over you know tragedy any day. One thousand. Couldn't agree more, man. As long as you, it's great that you guys are doing well. Great to hear that you're you're all safe and healthy. Um, and and fingers crossed that it continues to stay that way as we continue to kind of navigate through all of this and and get to the other side. Um, and and what is it like being in Chicago right now? You know, I know the weather's a kind of little bit iffy on a day-to-day basis. You guys got some snow recently. Is, is that making things a little bit more difficult to be at home when you, when there's some days that you can't get outside? Um, I mean, yeah, like, but it's funny, like there's, there's a sort of a conflict going on within me a lot of the times where, you know, yeah, the natural instinct to say, oh, I wish it was nice outside so we could go out and do things and just enjoy ourselves. But I'm also kind of dreading uh, the nice weather because it's going to tempt people to go outside and yeah. gather up. And, you know, so in a way, all this bad weather has kind of been uh, 
a weird blessing in a way because it's discouraging people from going out and doing the dumb things you know they're probably going to do. So, um, so yeah, like you know, we did have snow a couple days ago, but you know, it's nice and sunny today, and it's it's Sunday as we're doing this, so like. I can already feel myself tensing up a little bit, waiting for the news stories to come out. Like, oh, you know, crowds of people are gathering all over the city to celebrate the nice weather. And, you know, it's just, it, I don't know, it's a weird time. So, yeah, like, it, it does make it a little bit difficult when it's it's snowy and gray out there. But I think that I'll, at this point, I'll take as much of that as we can get. You know, that that's a very good point. And, you know, as much as some of these these laws and regulations are, are supposed to force people to stay in, uh, sometimes it's working, sometimes not, as we've seen. <laughs> so to, to adverse weather, uh, somewhat forcing people, especially in the Midwest, to stay in is probably not the worst thing in the world right now, especially when we're left to our own choices and devices, whether we follow along with those things or not. Um, because we, we've seen a lot of, of ignorance and stupidity going, going around out there right now, to say the least. Uh, so I, I, I feel where you're coming from. And fully support that. So while you guys are doing what you're doing, when you are being able to to kind of work out and, and go hang out, are you guys primarily working out at home? Are you guys getting some some workouts in outside or making use of your environment in in ways that you maybe need to get a little creative? Yeah, it's it, everything to this point has pretty much been at home. Um, that lady has been a lot more innovative and, and strict about it than I have. Sure. Uh, like I'd, I'd say, the first maybe week or two, I was I was pretty adamant about okay, I'll do you know some squats and I'll do push-ups and you know everybody was doing the challenges like oh you got to yeah. do ten push-ups and do twenty sit-ups and all this and so I was I was trying to stay you know pretty strict and then as it became clear that this is all going to start stretching out a lot longer than we anticipated you know I eased back on sure. my daily workouts and and all that so i mean it, as far as like what we do you know it's mostly at home stuff we actually did start uh dbp yoga which we both enjoyed and, oh i like uh, dbp yoga that's awesome yeah yeah it was one of those i'd always kind of had in my mind to maybe mess around with but when life was busier it was like oh i don't have time i gotta do this i gotta do that but now we have nothing but time so um we messed around with that we'll we'll do uh, runs around the neighborhood every now and then we'll do circuits with like you know, we'll do a sprint and then some lunges and stuff like that around the neighborhood just to get out, get a, a new environment. But yeah, for the most part, it's just kind of at-home stuff. And uh, Lady has rigged up a bunch of uh, sort of makeshift weights. Like, she has some fanny packs that she's put a bunch of change into. And That's awesome. And we have little, little like, sandbag things. We both have our, our championship belts. That there you go. Packed in weight, so, Use them. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the benefits of success, you of know. Course. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just kind of been, you know, making the most of, of what we have, which is, unfortunately, is not much. But um, as this goes on, I think we'll both probably invest in some some more equipment for the house just because at this point, God knows how long we're going to be right. under these conditions. So, right. so we're, you know, we're doing what we can with uh, what we've got. Absolutely. And, and really, that's all you can do at this point. So let, let, let's get into wrestling a little bit, as that's what the majority of our, our viewers are uh, are privy to. Um, you know, we talked to Mason Conrad last week a little bit, and, and he kind of made mention of training together early on when, when you were getting started. So I just want to go back to the beginning a little bit, because uh, I don't know if I have ever heard your, your origin story in, in any capacity. So I'm just curious as to, you know, we, we've seen that you've always been a wrestling fan. Uh, you know, 
know, you, you've shown some pictures before of, of wrestlers that you've met growing up and, and uh, some pictures from your younger days. So obviously wrestling has always been uh, an interest for you. So I'm just curious as to when that notion of it becoming a pursued reality as to something you're participating in came about and then how you actually got your start in terms of training to, to pursue this as a career. Um, so my, I mean, my interest in, in wrestling is lifelong. Yeah. Um, it was, I was seven years old the first time I just happened to see it. I was flipping channels, uh, which is something we used to do back then. Yeah, sure. You actually, you actually didn't know it was on TV and you had to search around for it. But, um, yeah, I was flipping channels at my grandparents' house and it was one of those love at first sight kind of things. Like as soon as I saw it, I knew that this was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I didn't understand it. It was just bright colors and people jumping around and, you know, crowds screaming their heads up. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I was in love with it. So uh, it was one of those that, like, I mean, before that, I was I was a basketball fan. I was, you know, just kind of a regular kid. I was into comic books and all that. But as the years went on, I understood that, like, you know, despite what I was learning in school, despite my other sports interests, this is really kind of what I wanted to focus uh, my life around. So. It, it really became uh, overwhelming around high school, I would okay. say, um, because I was, like, I was a pretty good student up until, well, I mean, I've always been a good student, obviously, GPA, you know, but um, in terms of my, like, dedication to school, um, it started to wane right around sophomore year of high school, because I knew that really all I wanted to do was pursue a life in wrestling, and so, you know, what did I need? algebra for and what do I need to understand, you know, uh, physics for uh, mm -hmm. certain things that are actually applicable, applicable to right. wrestling. But, right. but overall, I just didn't, I hated having to waste all my time on this stuff, knowing where I inevitably wanted to end up. So, um, you know, my, my high school years kind of took an interesting route and then just got to the point where I had to tell my mom, like, look, I, I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta pursue this. And what's funny is that I made a, a tactical error in telling her because we watched as a family. We watched the movie uh, The Wrestler. Oh boy! Right before, <laughs> right before I told her what I wanted to do. Oh man! Um, not the best depiction <laughs> of said wrestling world. No, no, it's not. Uh, not exactly a fairy tale uh, story. So um, she was very uh, unhappy with, with that conversation when I first broke the news to her that this is what I want to do. But you know, it, it's one of those things where once I started the ball rolling and she saw how I was dedicated to it, saw how I was composing myself. She, she warmed up to the idea, but um, yeah, so I was, I was around, uh, I actually started a little bit later than most people do. It was, I want to say 20, like 23, I, I believe I was when I first started. Okay. So, um, so it was after, so yeah, after was, high school. Yeah. Yeah. Right after high school. Um, I know some people, you know, you hear the classic tales of people that are wrestling right out of the womb. Sure. There's some people that start when they're teenagers and, so yeah, I, I waited because I've always felt that you need to be physically mature enough to handle a life in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody that I've come across who started when they were a lot younger, they've already accumulated a bunch of nagging injuries. You know, right. they're wrapping their knees up, they've got bad necks, bad backs, and all that. And so just kind of reading up on wrestling before I got into it, I understood that there was a certain level of, of preparedness that I needed going into it. So I wanted to wait, let, you know, let my body... Uh, develop and sort of get my mind right, get everything uh, set for, for a life in this industry. Yeah. So did you so yeah, play, did you play about, sports in, in school? 
Um, I wanted to, but yeah. I, <laughs> it, it took a while for my uh, physical skills to develop. I was always pretty naturally athletic, um, but that was more when I was kind of a kid kid. And yeah. then in high school, um, I started watching baseball, and I was really, really into it. And I hadn't been working out. I hadn't been doing anything physical, but I knew from a kid that I was pretty naturally athletic. So it's one of those where they, they put a sign up for uh, baseball tryouts. And I was like, well, you know, I watch a lot of baseball and, you know, I, I, I can run and do things like that. So I'm sure this is a, a breeze. So sure. um, I showed up, I showed up and we, the first thing we did was uh, just run, just run to get warmed up and then uh, grab a mitt and grab a ball and just throw to somebody, find somebody, throw back and forth. And I was so bad at those two things alone that the coach, <laughs> the coach pulled me aside and he just said, uh, you know what, buddy, uh, we're not going to use you. So you, oh, go ahead, man. you can go ahead and finish out the day. But uh, yeah, this is, this is the end of the line. <laughs> and this was in high baseball. school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was, uh, I want to say, maybe sophomore year of high okay. school. Um, so yeah, my, my baseball dream died that day. But it was actually a good lesson because it, it told me that if I do want to get into something like wrestling, um, I got to do a lot more preparing than just watching it on the couch for a few weeks. So, yeah, that's um, fair. So did you so have, yeah, any, before getting into anything in relation to, to training for wrestling, did you have any kind of exposure to the wrestling world outside of WWE and watching it on TV? Did Were you aware of the independent wrestling scene or go to any local shows in Chicago? Not really. Um, I've, I've always liked uh, picking up, like, I don't know, People still do it nowadays, but there are always the wrestling magazines at, like, right. you know, Walgreens or newsstands or whatever. So I would pick those up, and they always had the sections in the back um, that had pictures from local shows. And, you know, you would see guys like Reckless Youth and all these yeah. uh, various indie names that, um, like, I was aware of them, but I never really took a deep dive into what indie wrestling was all about. So I didn't quite know what it was. Um, right before I started, uh, CM Punk was really gaining a lot of traction mm -hmm. on the independent level. And I saw a couple uh, promos of his on YouTube and um, I sort of discovered what Ring of Honor was. And that was my first uh, big independent company that I was exposed to was Ring of Honor. And I ended up getting a few of their DVDs, but um, the first independent show I went to was for the company that I uh, signed up with. And it was uh, like maybe a week or two before I started training, but that was my first show was like literally right before I got Gotcha. And what, what company was that? Uh, that was Pro Championship Wrestling. They were, you, yeah. um, they were an offshoot of Windy City. Um, and they were around for a number of years. They were one of the more prominent uh, Chicago Indies up until they closed around 2012, 2013, I yep. so when did So you, you came across them, how? And, and how did you, you said that's where you first started training? How did that come about? Um, so what I did was I just did a Google search for uh, Chicago Pro Wrestling Training. And That's how it goes. Two results, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't, how else do you do things nowadays? But, um, but the only thing that came up, the only two results that came up were uh, Windy City and PCW. Yeah. Um, so I called both companies. The first company I called was Windy City. And I talked, I believe, to Sam DeCero directly. Um and I just asked, you know, so is it something where I can come by and just sort of scope out the school and get an idea? And what kind of rubbed me the wrong way is that it was you had to sign up and pay sight on scene. You had to go just, you had to have full faith in them to, to 
pose themselves the right way. You had to yep. pay everything up front, and not until you were paid could you walk in the door. So that didn't rub me uh, quite the right way, and I called BCW, and they could not have been more casual about it. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, come by, watch. You know, you could come up for several weeks if you want. Like, you don't, you don't care, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to one of their practices after that first phone call with them, and it was it was so nothing. Like, you know, in my head, I had the performance center in my head sure. before, <laughs> before it existed, that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, I just had this big, you know, sprawling location with, you know, trainers and equipment. And, you know, I had all the visions in my head. And when I got there, uh, it was in Oak Lawn, the training facility. Training facility. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I pull up and I get out of my car. And I'm in this, like, this very nice suburb. And I, I get out and I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't see any factories. I don't see any, like, warehouses. I don't, I don't understand what this is. And all of a sudden I, I kind of, and I actually called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, I don't. I don't know where I am. I don't know what, what's going on. And, and as I'm talking to her, I hear faintly in the background, like slamming, grunting and yelling. And I'm like, where's that coming from? And so I walked down the block and it was actually in a garage. Like it was literally just of a, house. a ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a ring inside of a garage. Like it, it took up the entire like width of the garage. It was just, you open the door and there's the ring. Um, and there were, there were two guys in there who were training, and the trainer was sitting off to the side. And I came in, just said, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Jeff. I'm just here to kind of scope the place out." And they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, just take a seat on the side, and you know, if you talk, have any questions or whatever, you can talk to us afterward." And the the exercise they were doing was uh, the trainer would call out. He would say, "Okay, uh, you are Hulk Hogan, and you are Ric Flair." Uh, act out the first five minutes of the match they would have because they wanted to test their knowledge as, as, you know, uh, wrestling fans and also their ability to kind of work on the fly and uh, adopt the sort of persona you were given. So it was really interesting exercise. And of course, in my head, even though I hadn't even done step one, I was like, I can do this. You know, I know it. You know, I know what Hulk Hogan would do in situation. situation. So, um, so that, that let me know that that's, you know, the, the spot that I needed to be in. It wound up being the right choice for me. Now, did you go to training prior to going to one of their shows, or, or which one came first? Um, I believe, I want to say I went to the show first. Um, and it was very, it was a, a complete stark contrast to what I was used to. Yeah. You know, I was, it, I had TV wrestling in my head, so, you know, bright lights, millions of people, and cameras and all this and it was very bare bones it was at the uh midlothian uh like rec center okay it was just this big open gymnasium all the lights were on just a ring sitting in the middle of it maybe like 100 people sitting around the ring and so it was uh so it was like it was very unspectacular but at the same time um it was very appealing sure like wow this is right there like you know this is my dream it's literally within like reaching distance right so, you, you can walk right up um, to the ring you're you're as close as you find it's, it's funny because my my first independent wrestling experience was also pcw 
Uh, I okay. came I came across it via a flyer from Best uh, Blockbuster at the time, <laughs> and it was at uh, a Waukegan High School. The main event was Just Incredible against Lethal Lee, and there was some guys that we still know now, like Egotistico Fantastico was on the show, Tony Scarpone, um, and and it it was certainly surreal because you could sit anywhere you wanted to. There may be a hundred people there at best, and and they're right. just kind of doing their thing, but you get to see it up close and and is really eye-opening to what professional wrestling really is before you get to to that that big show and whatnot and i I remember going to a a handful of pcw shows over time and um their i forget what their big wrestlemania event was called but there was a couple of those that uh, that we had gone to over time before it it all kind of shifted to to aaw overtime um, so how did, how did that go then for you? You know, you get in there and you start training is, is, did you stick with them for a while? And, and where did that get you to the point of, of eventually starting to work, uh, on your own? Yeah, I was, I was with them, uh, literally until they, they closed the doors. Um, so I started training in the summer of 2009, um, had my first match in spring of 2010 and I was with them until they closed, which like I said, I think it was. I want to say maybe 2012 or could have been 2014. Yeah, the years run together at right. this point. But um, see, I was with them all the way until the end, and it just it, one of those kind of way the wrestling works. So, like, I knew a few of the guys, one of the, the crews that I ran with, um, they were also working for Galley, mm, yeah. which was, uh, was and is a local Lucha Libre company. Um, and they. They brought me along because they did. They had a benefit show for Jerry Lynn, who was undergoing, like, I think, back surgery or something at the time. Um, and they brought me along just to kind of, you know, hang out and, and make connections or whatever. And, um, so I went there, met a few people, uh, just sort of put my my face out there, got familiar, and um, I showed up to another show of galleys after that. And my first galley show as an active participant, I was actually the referee. Okay. Um, I, I just showed up with my, my crew of guys who were all booked and everybody was gathered up and all of a sudden, you know, Carlos is looking around like, Oh, we have no referee for tonight. So it's <laughs> Classic, yes. very, very typical indie wrestling. Uh-huh. Like, walk out like, Hmm, we're missing something. <laughs> so he just, he just so happened to have a, uh, a referee shirt. So the guys sort of put my name out there like, Hey, you know, this guy's got a brain in his head and he could count the three. So, yeah. you know, like, what do, you, what do you think of this guy? And he's like, yeah, yeah whatever. Just threw me the shirt, and, and there I was, you know, working my first galley show. And I had literally every match on the show, too. Like, not even just a couple oh, man. there. Um, That's was, a lot of matches was, in a galley show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of matches. And, um, and it was scary, too, because, like, I couldn't go to the back and, and talk to the guys, like, hey, what do you have planned? What's right. going on? Like, I just had to sit out there and just trust them to tell me what I had to know. And, right. And did, did you know anything about, about Lucha style at the time? Because there is a, a pretty significant difference. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. Um, no, I really didn't know much about it. Like, I, you know, I'd, I'd watched Rey Mysterio and guys on TV, but in terms of, like, the intricate uh, movements and, and uh, patterns that happened within a, a Lucha match, I had no idea how any of that worked. So um, You had a front row seat for it. Yeah, no, I, I remember being terrified because, like, there'd be matches where everybody in it was a Lucha guy and none of them spoke English. So right. like, right. I, like I remember a couple of times the guys would make their entrances and I had to go up and just say like, Hey, hey man, uh, finish. And he's like, uh, uh, and so he's nervous himself too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to put his own finish. And I'm sitting there like, mm, uh, 
maybe smart me up here, but yeah, uh, it, it it really actually went pretty pretty well, all things considered. Like there were no major incidents; nothing got screwed up too badly, apart from typical indie show stuff. So, yep. um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a good learning experience. For, and did, did you start working for Galley after that point? Yeah, well, shortly after that, I would say probably within the next maybe three or four shows, they ended up finding spots for me. And I was I was just a journeyman guy at Galley for a long time, just kind of, you know, throw me in here, throw me in there. Um, I worked, felt like I was married to the guys that I showed up with because he had all the PCW guys working together almost every show for our first, like, probably six months there. Just nothing but various combinations of six-mans and tag teams. And so um, then eventually I transitioned uh, away from them and it was really after PCW closed and those guys kind of tailed off and I was able to sort of separate myself sort of uh establish my own identity outside of just being a PCW guy yeah now now did you have the the GPA persona as we know it today back then in the PCW days was that always the the uh character that you were putting out there or did that develop later that was it's pretty much been the same thing the whole time like my name has always been the same the look has been generally the same um it was that was one of the real good things about pcw i know certain places kind of tell you or at least back then they told you like who you are and what you did didn't give you a lot of creative freedom but to pcw's credit they trusted me to kind of take the reins on on what i was doing so my first several shows there i didn't even wrestle they were just doing i was just doing promos um, oh really they would have to go out yeah they had me go out just stand in the ring in front of you know however many people that were there and just cut a promo establish myself tell them who i am and what i'm about do you think that your start at pcw and them having you start out by cutting promos and not wrestling kind of helped you hone that part of your craft <laughs> yeah i think so um the the original plan was actually for me to cut uh recorded promos because the first show that i did they filmed a promo in the back with me and they said they were going to play it on like the the big screen that they had at the shows and of course with it being indie wrestling there was technical difficulties sure. and like five minutes before the show started they said hey uh, we can't get it to work so we're just gonna have to have go out there and just do it in front of the ring in front of the people so i was like okay i'll, I'll do it i guess yeah. But, um yeah it, it uh it, like i feel like that point in time was right about the time when things were transitioning from characters and sort of the, the auxiliary stuff into more of the in-ring work. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, the in-ring work is, is the meat and potatoes of, of pro wrestling, but I feel like it definitely helps to have that understanding of your character to the point where if somebody does stick a camera in your face or a microphone in front of you, you should be able to just speak as if you are that person because you are that person. Right. Like, so there, so uh, part of your time there, I guess, when you were first starting, you got to to wrestle Goldust. What was what was that like? I, I know it's a it's a fun moment for you. Yeah, that was uh, it was actually something that I didn't find out about until uh, the day of. So the the way PCW would handle uh, some of the guests that would come in, some of the the name talent is they would bring them in. They wouldn't usually wrestle matches, but they would give them like a segment just to kind of come out, wave to the people, cut a short promo, and then usually one of the, the local heels would come out and, you know, say a little something and get bopped with their signature moves and then run off into the night. So sure. uh, so when Golda showed up, like I, I'd never been given any indication that I was going to 
be a part of that. So um, I think right before he got there, so we, we all had to show up and, and set up the ring and everything. So it was a few hours before showtime. And the, uh, the decision makers pulled me aside and they said, hey, uh, we're kind of thinking of putting you in there uh, with Goldust. So like I had a match schedule. I said, yeah, I think we're going to have you, you know, have your match. And then afterward, uh, basically call Goldust out. You guys will do a quick little thing and then, you know, he'll bump you and you run off. And so, of course, in, in hearing that, you have to you have to play it cool, you know, because if I, you know, if I, you know, wet myself and started crying, they probably would have gone, eh, you know what, actually, on second thought, we'll, you know, we'll pick somebody else. But um, so and then he showed up and he was very, very casual, like, and in my head, of course, you know, gold dust is gold dust, yeah. but he shows up and he's got, like, jeans and cowboy boots and he's chewing tobacco and it's like, this doesn't, this doesn't add up, but... Um, yeah, he was he was very very casual, and what's uh, what's funny is that he was kind of on one of his hiatuses from uh, WWE at that point. So okay. yeah, like he was just sort of doing the independent scene, um, just kind of getting his his footing again. And he he was almost like I don't want to say he lacked confidence, but you can tell that he was kind of searching for himself okay. in a way. Like you know, it, to me, once you've been to that level. You know, you should just be walking on air at that point. Like, oh, I've yeah. been there and done that, and I have action figures, and I've been in video games. Like, you know, just listen to me, kid. But um, no, he was, he was just, you could tell that he was kind of digging around, looking for just, like, just the right combination of words and moves. And, you know, he was he was very, very particular about what he wanted to do that night. Um, and I just had to kind of just, just roll with it. Like, yeah, yeah man, like, hey. Whatever, whatever you want to do, you're in charge. <laughs> you let me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I finished up my match. I cut my short promo. Uh, he came out and he did like all the the classic gold dust stuff. He kind of got away from that towards the end, but you know he was crawling around and you know poking at me and doing all the the classic gold dust stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I one of those. He took the mic, started to cut his promo. We got to his signature line, and right before he could finish it, I popped him right in the mouth and you know I was and it's funny because I was so nervous because like even though you know we're all wrestlers and we're all tough guys and all that like I didn't, didn't want to hurt him <laughs> you know what I mean like I didn't want to be like that guy that gets gonna gold throw a bunch of gold dust yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like knocks a tooth out and all of a sudden I'm in like, his autobiography like oh, wow knocked out my tooth you should never book him again but, right um, so yeah like that you know but I hit him did a little stuff and then like I went to send him off the ropes, stuck my head, which is tactical error against a member of the Rhodes family. And you know, of course he trucks, you know, ducks down, pops me and then hit me with all his stuff. And it was, it was very, very cool. Um, and like, there's a little sort of backstory to that. Um, I believe back in like 1996, 97, uh, my uncle who took me to most of my WWF shows back then. Yeah. Um, we, we were at the Allstate Arena, and I think it was a taping for, like, they were doing, uh, like, a Saturday Raw or something. They had weird scheduling at the time. Um, and it was a segment where uh, Brian Pillman was out in the ring, mm-hmm. and he was talking trash because he and Goldust were feuding. And he was talking trash, talking trash, and then he drew out Goldust, and Goldust chased him all the way up through the crowd. Oh, wow. and when they ran by us, um, like they literally ran up the section that we were in and they were maybe like 10 seats away from us. And 
So Pillman runs up, he runs through the like the back area or whatever, and, and Goldus is right there at the end of our row. And it was always kind of a, a running gag between my uncle and I that he was like he was trying to call Goldus over so that Goldus could then beat me up. You know, so <laughs> Couldn't get Pillman, so my uncle was trying to get him. Like, hey, get him instead. Right. Stuff, so. Um, so, like, for years and years, we had that running joke. Like, oh, you remember when Goldus almost kicked your ass in the show that one time? And, um, and then, of course, lo and behold, the way these things work out, like, Goldus does eventually. End up Finally got you. So, yeah. Full circle. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool touch. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, from, from your time then in, in PCW, then you end up going to, to Gali, um, you know, and and you've you've been kind of all over the place, but primarily in Chicago as as your home base, and things have had started to you know develop, and we'll kind of get to to where you are now. Um, but what did what did that period of time then look like after you've kind of started to establish yourself? PCW's gone, and and you're trying to make a name. And really, at that time, it, for for anyone who's not familiar, or, or you may be familiar with Chicago independent wrestling history. You know, there you, there you had your your kind of your your mainstays of independent wrestling for a long time, and then, uh, you know, obviously little ones pop up here and there over time, and then all of a sudden now you start to have, uh, you know, these these new young companies starting to develop like underground and and like freelance and in its initiations. Where where did you find yourself fitting during that period of time? Were were you working for a lot of different places? Did you have a, a primary home, uh, you know, com- promotion that you were were really focusing on and, and working for? So after. Uh, PCW closed down, it was Galley mainly and uh, CSW was kind of the next yeah, one to yeah. take me in because um, they've been around forever also. Um, so I I was able to go to a few of their trainings and just sort of sort of get FaceTime with people and end up on a few of their shows um, and just kind of did a little, little pop-up shows here and there. Like there was a company up in uh, Janesville, Wisconsin that I was able to get on that they were they were running for a minute. Um, Premier Pro Wrestling, which is uh, still around. Yep. Um, they brought me in for a little bit here and there. So I was just kind of trying to get in where I fit in for a few years there. But then really where um, everything changed was, was freelance. Yeah. Like that was kind of the, the next big step in my career. Um, I want to say that was about 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I spent a couple of years kind of toiling away. And I had heard of the freelance concept because it was sort of supposed to be a Chicago version of what Beyond Wrestling was doing. Um, It was supposed to be sort of empty arena shows, just have a bunch of the wrestlers around ringside, just get like good cameras, just get good footage that we could send out to, or they could send out to whoever. Um, And it sounded like a cool concept, but then they went and started just doing actual shows. And I'd heard the buzz kind of building and one of the first things I saw that made me realize that freelance was one of the places to be was they were putting out these really cool um, like highlight packages from, from their shows and they were put to like really cool music and they were at the the Abbey pub. So you could see just people just hanging all over the place and screaming their heads off. Yeah. Really cool environment. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like the perfect environment for, for a local pro wrestling. So uh, I just sort of, Again, like like you do in wrestling, I went and just sort of put my face out there. Um, I'd known Nick's for a while. We did a, a program in uh, Premier Pro Wrestling, okay. and I think we met at, at CSW in a couple matches there too. So yeah, I knew him and a bunch of the other guys that were already at Freelance. So 
you know, I just went and kind of put my face out there, and I was fortunate enough to have enough people put in a good word for me where um, I got on just in a scramble. Like, that was my first uh, freelance show, and uh, it's funny, he'll be happy that I give him credit for it, but uh, it was actually D-Ray who uh, I kind of gave credit to for helping me establish myself at freelance because so I was in there with, like, five other guys, um, all of them pretty much more established than I was. Okay. And so, like, we all get in, we all do our entrances, we're all standing there waiting, you know, for the match to start. And I'm just kind of looking around, and I look over, and uh, D-Ray was sitting in the crowd. I forget who he was with, but um, he started chanting GPA, and, you know, D-Ray's got that really booming yeah. voice sometimes. <laughs> so, like, and it was just sort of like monkey see, monkey do, so they heard uh, D-Ray chanting GPA, and they're all like, yeah, GPA, GPA, GPA. <laughs> crowd so, mentality. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden, like, I'm standing in there with these five other guys who are all, like, you know, kind of cool clout guys and whatever, and, like, this little nobody from Chicago is getting this, like, booming chant in this arena, so... In your debut, was, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never, you know, didn't, at least in terms of, like, the freelance uh, history, they didn't know me from Adam, so, right. like, it was really interesting to see me getting that kind of response in my very first show. Um, it was just kind of... Off to the races from there, they couldn't really just ignore me after that. Like they had to, had to figure something out. For right. Me. Uh, the rest is history, anyway. So at what? So how long then did it take from the time that 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 match took place until you are main eventing shows and working your program, uh, you know, to eventually become freelance champion? It was uh, probably about maybe a year, year and a half. Um, I was, they had me doing, like, stuff. I would do scramble matches. I would do tag matches. Um, where I, I always say where I really uh, became, like, a guy at Freelance was actually not even on a show. It was at a galley practice. Um, because at the time, uh, and I was seeing videos and, and clips and stuff, and it was always so cool because it was uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, DJ Z, Ringo Loco and Sky Day. They were all in Chicago at the time. And they were getting together on like Tuesdays and Thursdays and going out to Villa Park to practice. And they were just doing this really cool, like innovative, intricate stuff. And like it always like really caught my eye. And so I started going out there just, you know, wanting to learn things, but also just to get FaceTime with those guys. Those are all, you know, big, big names in their own respect. So, um, so I remember, like Ali and I would would run some drills at that time, and we had we had pretty good in ring chemistry. And so I remember I got there uh, at to a practice, and my next freelance match was going to be a scramble with Ali. In. Okay. So I like as you know, I'm getting dressed next to him. And I just kind of nudge him, and I'm like, "Hey, so you know, what, what do you think if we can work it out? You know, maybe you and I can kind of do some of this stuff that we're learning here." that at the scramble just yeah. kind of you know show off what we learned and he was like oh yeah yeah that's, that's fine whatever we can see if we can work something out um so and like you know in my head i was like yes i got it now i can make my master plan get in motion <laughs> so um so i was able to to coordinate it to where the scramble was six guys so two guys started they got out the next two started they got out and the last two were me and ali and like, even without any sort of prior buildup, um, Ali was so established, and I was on the rise. And so by the time he and I both got in there, like, the second we both entered the ring, there was just 
there was a buzz. There was a like an audible reaction from the crowd, like, yeah. "Ooh, this is this is interesting." We got kind of the the established season vet, the young upstart. We're kind of digging this, so um, that put the seed in in I think Ali's mind, maybe Nix's mind, and just kind of all the decision makers, like, "Hey, I think I think we got something." Yeah. Here. So starting with with that scramble, that kind of uh, set the ball in motion. Incredible. And, and obviously for anyone who, who has followed freelance wrestling history have, have seen some of the, the great work that you and Ali have, have put on together and, and with Isaiah as well. Uh, and eventually leading to you becoming almost a Chicago grand champion for, for a, a significant period of time, uh, holding many of the major championships and all the promotions. Um, you know, for was that certainly a career highlight in terms of period of time in, in your life for being top guy at, at most of these local companies in Chicago? Yeah, it was it was really interesting. It's one of those I don't know if anything quite like that will happen again because all the um, stars had to align. Certainly, yeah, they really did. And there's not always um, a sort of connection between the talent used in all those companies. So I was galley champion or a galley champion. Um, I think it was the galley champion. I was freelance champion. Um, I had a CSW belt, and I was the underground champion. Right. Like, all at the same time. And, like, if you take all those companies now, there's pretty distinct difference between the rosters on, on all those yeah. uh, companies. So you're not going to get a lot of carryover between company to company. So the fact that I was representing all of them at the same time, it was pretty unique. And uh, it was definitely one of the, maybe the proudest uh, moments in my career when I was able to kind of solidify all those companies that really represent Chicago, like to the fullest extent. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, to, to your credit, that's, that's also, you know, at a time when there, there's so much talent that's kind of going on and to have that consistency all the way through. And, and you were, you were very likable, I believe at the time too, for the most part. Um, at least I think for all those companies, you were, you were a baby face as the champion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which then kind of transitioned us to, you know, and, and you had obviously had a lot of good rivalries and programs for all of those championships at the time. And then I'd say probably the most other notoriable, uh, notoriable rivalries is between you and Kylie Ray, which, uh, you know, is, transcends both Chicago and, and just independent wrestling in general. And I think has provided a lot of great storylines. You know, what, what was your relationship like with, with Kylie even before getting to that point of, of, you know, being a tag team and then eventually, you know, becoming arch nemesis, uh, you know, was, was a tag team something that, that you guys had been just kind of put together on that naturally worked out? Is it something that you had pursued based on, you know, you guys working together or how did that come to be? Um, so I actually met uh, Kylie before she even started training. Yeah. I remember the first day I met her, uh, she was backstage at a galley show, I believe, um, because she had shown up with uh, Jake, yep. uh, who was one of the, the, the galley guys at the time, and she was there, and she was kind of doing what I did when I started, just kind of sitting off to the side, putting her face out there, and sort of getting sort of her lay of the land. Um, and I saw her all throughout her training, and um, so I was, I was there as she was, was sort of establishing herself. And then she went off and moved off to Texas um, and sort of really came into her own when she was down there. And then when she came back, um, she was the ROW Diamonds champion. Right. Um, and so I know Nix was really trying to find a spot for her on, on freelance at the time. And so I was the freelance champion when she came back to Chicago and she was the Diamonds champion. And so Nix just kind of saw it as... You know, a natural opportunity to 
to sort of put everything uh, together and get some cross promotion going. So uh, he put me in and Kylie together to face uh, Joey Ryan and okay. yeah. on one of the freelance shows. So that's a real, you know, high profile match. You've got a bunch of titles and different states involved and the, the name recognition of Joey and Candice. So like, it was just kind of a, a perfect storm to, to have that match happen. And uh, she and I had always been real friendly, like behind the scenes, like, you know, we weren't the, the best friends or anything, sure. but we had good chemistry and I, I liked what I was seeing from her in the ring. Yeah. Um, and I was, pretty comfortable with, with what I was doing by that point too. So, um, you know, once we got in there, like it was just with our personalities and our, our wrestling style, like there was a, a good just sort of natural cohesion there. Um, and let's see. So they, they had us do that match. Uh, and I was sort of, I think I was right about at the tipping point as a baby face yeah. because like I, I had all the belts, I had the glorious moments and, People were getting a little bit tired of it by that point because that's that's just the way the wrestling is. They of course, kind of like all right, yeah, we're happy for you, but at the same time, eh, screw this guy. Like, kind of like, what else is out there? You know, what else is on? Um, so yeah, so we we fleshed out the, the tag team thing for a little bit, and her popularity just continued to grow. Yeah. And it was happening at the same time that mine was dying a painful death. Like <laughs> I was, I was getting booed. I was getting, and I was trying. Like I was putting yep. on a smiley face and. Yeah, come on, yeah, but like it was just you know it was it wasn't happening. They were they were deciding that they were pretty much done with me, and they were all about her. So so by the time the split happened, like it was it was time. It's kind of the, the perfect moment for it to happen. Yeah, it seemed very natural and and tend to work out, and and the rest obviously is kind of history. So to that point too, you know, there's I I feel like there's a lot of controversy when it comes to intergender wrestling, but it's something that you have certainly participated in in plenty of times and opportunities. What are your thoughts on intergender intergender wrestling, and and what are some of your um you know some of your rhetoric to those who may be opposed to it? Um, it, it's something that honestly I had to come around on like when I started back in 2010 it was pretty unheard of you know yeah. it was it was certainly not on tv um I'm sure it was being done on the independent level to some extent but I wasn't really aware of it and just I mean the concept never appealed to me I always thought there was a, a believability factor there that just didn't quite gel with me but like and, and also women's wrestling was at a different place oh yeah too. for sure like you know you weren't getting a lot of uh, credible athletes on television and you know, there were good women wrestlers out there, but they weren't being presented in yep. the spotlight. So um, by the time, like, Kylie and I started our feud, it was something where, like, you just kind of have to look at it from, I don't know if logic is the right word, but, like, look at uh, superhero movies, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whereas at one time it was just, you know, the big roided up you know, muscle-bound guy who was the big action hero. But now you've got, you know, you've got Black Widow and you've got, like, all these various you know, superstar female yeah. uh, superheroes out there. So, like, um, and if, it, if it's a question of, like, physicality, um, you know, with all due respect, there are a lot of male wrestlers out there who don't look like they could break the skin on a rice pudding. No doubt. No doubt. It's a good way to put it. So, like, you know, if you, like, take Lainey, for instance. Like, Lainey is a really, really well-built woman. Like, she's yep. strong and tall, and, like, she's just got a lot of the traits that... Uh, yeah, yeah, there she goes. There, there you go. Yeah, sure enough. <laughs> proof in the pudding right there. But, um, you know, she's as, as physically credible as a number of, of men out there. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those where, like, the, the playing field is really, really 
been leveled up, and even the rise of, of women in combat sports like Ronda Rousey and yeah. you know Holly Holm, and, and just there's there's been so many examples of how physically capable women are, and so like at this point in time, to me, there's no reason that women can't be presented on a comparable level to a lot of men. Like there are certain cases where it just it's a little you know off the charts, like if a you know, a woman half the size of another guy is out there picking him up and slamming him around. Right. So it's a little, it's a little ridiculous sometimes, but you can, you can tell the story well enough to where it's believable. Where like for me and Kylie, I always felt like it was pretty believable that she could take me, sure. I could take her. Like it was never, we were never stretching the bounds of believability too far. Like she's more than capable of handling herself. And I'm, you know, just kind of sniveling backstabbing guy anyway so like you know if anything she's she's tougher than i am in the way that we're presenting everything so um so yeah like it you know once upon a time yeah it was maybe a little bit unbelievable but with the way that the world is now with the way entertainment is now with the way sports are now it's as credible as as anything else trying to get pro wrestling yeah no doubt about it is there is there anyone uh on the independent level or not signed these days both both men or women that you haven't gotten a chance to to work with that is kind of on your you know maybe short list of of wish lists um yeah it's it's interesting like i'm I'm to the point now where what i want to do in wrestling is just kind of whatever's going to get the most attention so um like when i was coming up there were so many names just in Chicago alone. Like Ali was up there. Yeah. Uh, Brubaker was up there. Uh, Mason Conrad, uh, Bryce Benjamin. Like there were all these names that were like sort of these pillars of, of Chicago alone. Um, and now pretty much everybody works everywhere. Right. And I feel like, I, I feel like one of the old heads, like I've been around since before a lot of these guys even started it's crazy. training. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one of those where like, I'm, I look more forward to the challenge of working different people who bring different things to the table. So it's not so much about names anymore. It's just about what's going to get the most eyes, what's going to get the most attention and what's going to challenge me as a, as a performer. Yeah. Which, which I think is, is super important. And especially now with, with there being so much change and uncertainty with the way that the, the world is even working, the way that we're consuming things. Uh, I think that's going to become more important than ever once we do start to get back to these things is, is, you know, what is it that you're putting out there that's going to, going to make you stand out? And I, I think you do a really good job of that, especially just with, with social media and, and the things that you put out there and, and interactions and being able to stay connected outside, both, both while, you know, things were normal and, and wrestling was happening. And especially now, um, even when things are happening, talk to me a little bit about uh, the meme that you had put out there that got viral traction uh, for, for those people who, who aren't familiar with it, uh, where, where the idea came from and kind of your reaction as it started to blow up. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, as we're recording this, like Tiger King is, is the biggest thing in the world right now. Um, it's just pure trash. <laughs> Mindless like, television. Yeah, it's just the, the best kind of trash you can consume. So um, as I was watching it, like there's one character on the show who like he just he looks like, you know, Walmart Batista. Like, he's just this, like toothless, like tattooed up. Like you just I mean, to me, every time he came on the screen, like I had to kind of do a double take like, oh, oh wait, no, that's that's not him. Um, so like and I, as I was looking through the memes and stuff, I was noticing nobody else was making that comparison. So I was like, is it just me seeing this? So. So I had to I had to put the two pictures together, and I had to think of like you know just a clever, quick caption for it. And so yeah, I was just sitting in my car, and I found the two pictures, and I was like, ah, oh, this should be funny. And so I just threw it up there, and I I think uh, my 
tactical error <laughs> was uh, I tagged Batista in the picture. <laughs> um, so like, you know, because I figured it would might I might get like fifty likes yeah. and like maybe like fifteen retweets. Maybe he'll see it and like like it or something. And be like, ah, that was worth it. Um, but and I don't know like who the first one to like really send it off into the stratosphere was. But like, yeah, within an hour, it already had like hundreds of retweets and hundreds of likes, and it was like, whoa, we really got something here. And I noticed. Um, when I would get responses to it, it would always tag both me and Batista. And uh, we were in quarantine at that point. And right. he was actually on Instagram Live at the time. So I know he was just sitting at home, yeah. like, just on his phone with nothing else to do. <laughs> so he's got to be wondering, like, all of a sudden his phone's blowing up. Like, what the hell is this? Um, so he, like, I noticed we were both getting tagged. And then after a while, it was only me getting tagged. So I was like, mm, uh-oh, that's, that's a problem. So I checked and he unfortunately blocked me. <laughs> he blocked by Batista. <laughs> yeah, blocked by Batista. I now have heat with Dave Batista. Um, so, yeah. He, uh, so clearly, he, he, music, clearly he saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, he at least laid eyes on it. Yep. Um, and, uh, but he, he was not amused and chose to take it out on me for, <laughs> for that. But, uh, but yeah, then it popped up everywhere. Like uh, I saw Sasha Banks posted a version of it, her story. Um, Jerry Lawler just tweeted it out a little while ago. So like, you know, it really caught fire after that. And I'm, you know, very proud of like the attention that it got. Cause I thought it was a joke, but uh, fortunately, the one guy that I was hoping to get the attention of, uh, not appreciated. <laughs> but oh well, you win some. Either, so. No doubt, it's so funny how that how that works out sometimes. So if you, we'll we'll share it <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it. But I think it's amusing, and then obviously that uh, you know flattery is is certainly there when people are starting to make their own versions of it for sure. But uh, kudos to you for for making that initial comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those where like I posted so many tweets and memes that I always feel like should get that attention, where it's like, oh, this is this is so clever and it's it's, it's perfect, and then it'll get like ten likes and it'll just fade off into the ether as, as most things do on the internet. That was that was finally one that, that caught. It got the appropriate attention that I feel like everyone should get. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shining moment. So, so, so yes, yes. Uh, being from Chicago and, and speaking of documentaries, then uh, tonight will be the airing of Michael Jordan's documentary. Is that something you'll be tuning into? Are you are you a lifelong Bulls fan? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to that since they announced it last year or whatever it was. Um, yeah, so that'll be that'll be cool because uh, I was thinking about it the other day. So I mean, obviously, growing up in Chicago in the '90s, like the Bulls were everything yep. to everyone um but at the time i was so young that i didn't i didn't fully comprehend like why everything came to an end the way that it did yeah um, right it always seemed like there was always friction between michael and phil and management and like you know i, I generally understood i was what like 10 or 11 when yeah. it all fell apart so i mean like i generally understood it but i never quite got the particulars or the different perspectives so yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to that because that was those were like the formative years for most of us just watching all that. Absolutely. That I mean, like, whether you're from Chicago or not, especially if you are from Chicago, I mean, bulls were, were kings of the world at that time and, yeah. and obviously catapulted Michael Jordan to be the, the superstar that he is now. So I'm, I'm certain, I think everyone and their mother is going to be tuning into it based on <laughs> the fact that one, there's not a lot of else out there to be tuning into as well, but the fact that they pushed this up and put it out there. So uh, we'll certainly be paying attention to Twitter and, and seeing some reactions there, both from, from you and, and the world. So, you know, other than other than that, in terms of the the wrestling world, are you staying tuned in? Are you are you watching weekly programming? You know, are you guys kind of keeping on the up and up with with things that are going on in the wrestling world? Yeah, um, 
like it, I feel like my last bit of like major investment was WrestleMania. Yes. You know, we were all just sort of adjusting to what was going on. Like they were starting to do empty arena shows for AEW and WWE. And it was always a little bit weird. And I feel like WrestleMania got like the most out of the circumstances that they could have. Um, and I, I mean, I've, I've tried to keep up with the product, at least in a general sense, both, you know, AEW and WWE, because they're literally the only ones doing anything right now. But, but it's, it's, it's just hard. Like, yeah. you know, wrestling, wrestling needs crowds. Like it's always been kind of a symbiotic relationship. Like wrestling needs the crowds and the crowds need their wrestling. So, you know, taking away that element is, is really just damaging to the, to the level to which you can, like you can enjoy um, things. And, and also just to kind of, tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, knowing that none of us can be out there doing that. And yeah, like even it, it almost changes the perception of like what we're trying to get to also, because right. obviously the world's going to come out of this, but you know, in your head you think like, Oh, I'm not going into this next show with hopes that I can get out there in front of 70,000 people and, you know, perform for the roar of the crowd. And then you look at what WrestleMania was and there was literally nobody there. So yeah, like, it's you know, it just sort of, it just kind of affects the, the perception of everything and just sort of brings you down. Not that, it's to the detriment of, of anybody that was out there doing their thing, but just, you know, you can't, you can't feel the same way about wrestling that you want to when you watch stuff that's in front of nobody. So, right. you know, I, I, I keep tabs on things just because you, you have to being an active part of the industry, but, but yeah, it's getting harder and harder to kind of lose yourself in what we're watching. Yeah. And you know, for, for you specifically, the, the crowd is really um, critical when it comes to your your persona and, and even the way that you're being perceived over the last couple of years with being you know that basically one of the top bad guys you know in Chicagoland area if not professional wrestling hashtag beat up GPA being a trend that it seems to never go away but you know now with the way that things are and coming back do you, in the same way that your rise to popularity started to fade after a while do you think that there's going to be fatigue that sets in at some point of people booing you and eventually the tide will turn again and is that something that you would help kind of push over the edge or are you enjoying the attention you're receiving no matter what um you have to be adaptable when it comes to wrestling like i remember uh when jbl was uh wwe champion who also has me blocked on twitter um (laughs) when (laughs) when that was uh when he was on top he put out a, a blog at the time talking about how he didn't want any merchandise. He hated when the people would chant his name at shows because it was never his job to be liked. You know, like, it's always the tendency of crowds when something's been done for a while, they want to go the opposite direction. So they've been cheering you for a long time. Eventually, they want to boo you. Mm-hmm. Booing you for a long time. Eventually, they want to cheer you. But if it's your role being given to you by a promoter, just what you want to do yourself, you have to find a way to keep doing what you're doing. And, like, that's, that's your job. You're not supposed to go the other way you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do so like when it comes to the the heel stuff i mean i've been doing it for a good two plus years now and you know in a lot of ways it's it's still got as much strength as as it ever did but at the same time i also need the people to feed off of and so like you know me and kylie can't do our thing forever um you know it's one of those i'm kind of adaptable like if if there's more to be done and and there's always more to be done we can find more targets we can find more reasons for me to do the things that I do, um, you know, but, but if it's to the point where we can't sway the people and they're just loving me for being who I am, which is how they should be anyway, but, um, you know, if it gets to that point, then we'll 
roll with that too. But but no, it's one of those like as long as people are interested and as long as I'm relevant, which is kind of the key word in yeah. wrestling nowadays, like I'm good with it. Like whatever I have to do, I'll do it. What needs to be done. Absolutely, and I think that's really the the only way you can do. And, and we we appreciate you putting yourself out there any way that you can, especially uh, right now when when we have such limited abilities to to take in uh, content from from you and, and everybody else. So for for the time being, you know, while we're kind of working on navigating through all of this, what are some ways that fans and and you know wrestling fans alike, both of, of yours and and not, can can find you, can support you, uh, can discover you, uh, and and really just kind of absorb all things GPA right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the most direct ways are. I mean I, I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, GPA thinks is my Twitter handle. Um, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. That's uh, GPA IG. Um, I've had people ask about merchandise. Um, I'd say via one of those mediums, you can contact me about that. I don't have a pro wrestling tea store or anything. I don't have like a direct means of getting my merchandise. Um, I'm very flattered by the idea of people wanting to get my merchandise. But I also want to tell people like, uh, especially at a time like this, where there are so many full-time wrestlers who are out of work right now who, who need as much financial support as they can get. Like I'm fortunate enough to where, Wrestling has never been my, my sole uh, source of income. Yeah, so, like, while I will obviously take you know, financial support, I'm not in dire need of it the way that some people are. So, like, if, you, if people are desperate for T-shirts or 8 by 10s or whatever, I'm more than happy to oblige. But, like, if they have a, a finite amount of money that they're looking to spend on independent wrestling, I do encourage people to seek out the ones who, who truly need it. I mean, yeah, Wayne, you could use it. There are a number of people who could use that financial support. So... Um, so yeah, like if, if you're if you're dying for a GPA shirt or whatever, like feel free to hit me up on on one of those mediums. But like, don't don't feel that you need to, because like, fortunately, I'm at, 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 as we're recording this, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if that changes, I'll let you know, and I'll be standing outside your door with my hat. My <laughs> for sure, like, it's, but, it's very first class yeah. of you, and uh, and we hope that it continues to stay that way for as long as it as it possibly needs to or possibly can. And. Um, I'm very hopeful that as long as there are individuals uh, like ourselves and like those who are listening who are able to oblige to the restrictions and everything going on right now that uh, hopefully we'll get out of this much quicker than necessary and at some point we'll get back to business as usual or some form of business as usual so that we can continue sharing your craft and, and, and get, the, uh, get the people what they deserve. I've noticed a lot of the sentiment on wrestling twitter and, and even just twitter in general you know with with kind of the american mindset is always we want to fight against the things that are oppressing us or that we don't like we always feel that like our our determination can get us through any number of things and it's like it, it's so counterintuitive because the best thing we can do right now is nothing right. like we have to just relax and it's not going to help to get out there and protest because the virus doesn't care about your protests. Like it has no, it has no concern for your personal feelings. Like we have to listen to scientists. We have to listen to responsible uh, leaders, which, you know, is debatable, which ones are, which ones aren't, but you know, we have to, we have to be responsible. We have to care about more people than ourselves. Like I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that, like, like if I get it, like chances are I'm gonna be fine. Um, but people I know will not be fine. My parents will not be fine. Right. Like people that are immunocompromised that I don't know, my neighbors, they're not gonna be fine. So like we need to we need to put others before ourselves, which is very hard for a lot of people. And yeah. you know, I, I get it, but at the same time, like we have to understand that the less we do 
is going to mean the more that we can do sooner. Like, you know, if we want to, if you want to get out there, you want to do shows, you want to go to the movies, you want to go to the beach, whatever, like we can do that, but we can't do that if we don't relax and listen to smart people. Like, you know, intelligence is so important right now. We need to appreciate it more. No doubt. Listen to GPA people (laughs) preaching the good word. And it is 1000% exactly what we need to do right now, which is just don't do anything. Yep. The, the more we don't do anything, uh, the quicker we will get through this and the quicker it will go away and we'll take proper precautions that are necessary to prevent anything like this from ever happening again. But until then, just do <laughs> your part for every, for whether it's for yourself or not, for everyone else, because at, at the end of the day, this is a global <laughs> pandemic and it's not just states it's not just america um and and everybody is clearly being affected by it both from the medical standpoint from the economic standpoint uh and both of those things need to get better much more quickly before they get any worse so uh, appreciate your sentiment and 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 your rhetoric on this because i, I think it's valid and and i think hopefully uh, it will resonate with with people at least i'm i'm, I'm hopeful that it resonates with people because it needs to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, there's, you know, all the conspiracy theorists and all that, like, nobody's happy right now. Of Nobody course. is benefiting from this, like, everybody's suffering, everybody from multimillionaires to Joe Schmo, we're all sitting at home, we're all bored, we're all restless, like, you know, we're all in the same boat, and we all want to get out of that boat, but it's not going to happen unless we act responsibly, and, you know, it's, like, it just, in wrestlers in particular, are driving me crazy, like, I know as soon as a ring goes up anywhere in the world, they're going to start flocking to those rings and try and do their their underground not not underground but like they're gonna try to do their little secret shows and gatherings and all that but like we get we just gotta relax people like we gotta take this seriously and the more nothing we do will lead to more something soon so like you know we just we we just gotta play it cool absolutely well I, i certainly appreciate your take on everything appreciate your time and you doing your part uh, and, and thanks for chatting. I think this has been a, a fun time, and I, I think the people are, are certainly going to enjoy it, whether they thought they needed it or not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's certainly something that will be, will be well-received, so appreciate the time, and hopefully we get to do this again very soon. Yeah, hopefully, and uh, I'm not busy, so <laughs> anytime, anytime. Awesome. Well, uh, enjoy the Last Dance documentary today, and uh, we'll certainly be talking soon. Appreciate it, Jeff. Yep, thank, thank you. Take care. You too.